Oh, it makes a friend that it's your, it's your musician friend. That's yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like there was one time maybe you saw him when he like came in. He had like a show or something, I think. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, also he works. His like day job is just like working for some agency or something, and then his sister also works in it. So last time he was in New York was when that festival panorama was going on. I don't think they do that festival anymore. But like he got us a day pass. He got us into that for a day. And that was the only th- I saw him right, that and right. I left. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Did you come to that with us? No. Okay. Yeah. I that's the closest I've gotten. I like we took a little special shuttle back to the train or something. And Zoe Kravitz was in the car with us. Uh-huh. Is this yeah. when you saw ASAP Rocky? Yeah, we saw yeah. him from a distance too. And you remarked on the skin. Yeah, it was yeah. it was even from like a hundred feet, I was like, God man. A man known really, for his great complexion. Really wow, you were ahead skin. of the, the curve. You you were three degrees separated from Rihanna now or something. From who? Rihanna. Oh. I mean, if if we can count, if we count seeing ASAP Rocky from... 100 feet. I think I'm like one degree of... Like, surely ASAP Rocky has met Rihanna been in the same room. Actually, the same guy who snuck me into Governor's Ball one year in the back of the ice cream truck that he worked for. He... His ice cream truck worked some festival that was like ASAP's big break. Oh my god! Like a Wait, few years this... before, so before they were big. Is this, this this is we have another connection who works at ice cream trucks at festivals. Yeah, for real. When did oh, you wow. stop doing that? Uh, twenty sixteen. Okay. What company were you with? What... Uh, I was at Ben and Jerry's. Uh, my friend was Cool House. Uh, wow, you gotta know, fight. I, that's some small club shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Ben. No, Ben and Jerry's is like <laughs> nas- international, though. You know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Ben and Jerry's invented BDS. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Ben Ben and Jerry's global national versus... threat. When I cut this for the cold open, this is when the listeners are going to be like, "Oh my God, they're industry plants." What part about it? Because of our degrees of separation from ASAP Rocky. Oh, and, I thought you meant Ben and Jerry's. And Ben and Jerry's. And, and, and the ice cream. <laughs> and ben and Jerry. Like, yeah. Right. Big, big ice cream. It's Alex. Episode 203 of You From 202. Uh, I'm warm again now. That's my main thing. It's the four of us, Britt, Cork, Sam, and Peaches, after our home opener against Minnesota United, a 1-0 loss in the snow. Um, let's get straight to it. The universe kind of warmed a little bit for us, I think. Go on. It's just the weather's been really nice today. I spent like five hours outdoors right now. It's true. The weekend was sort of, I mean, if you're, if you're, dear listener, if you are in the greater metropolitan area, I suppose you know this, but. If you're not, kudos to you. The weekend, <laughs> the weekend was sort of a blip, but it, it has been mostly nice. It was really on the weekend that was cold again. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like starting off by mentioning how nice it's been is a little bit misleading for what the meat what, of the what? episode's gonna be. Well, I mean, we, I love a good bait and switch for all of our episodes. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, like when you all said bait. the opposite <laughs> goal, or like the wrong goal that happened last week, that was yeah, a good exactly. bait and switch on me, personally. <laughs> um, but I did actually, I mean, I knew it was gonna be cold. I prepared decently well, got my long johns on, because, you know, I. but I thought it was like, I was going for the marathon rather than the sprint, right? Because even like when it's not that cold, just over time, you get a little there. frozen, mm-hmm. but then I, I didn't. I didn't realize it was gonna like snow. I mean, it didn't stick or anything, but still, it was like a little bit of a. I feel like the wetness on kind of the metal floor made it colder for our feet. That's true. That's probably true. I already. I've already preemptively ordered a jumbo pack of air activated toe warmers for the the crew. Up yeah, in I did. I did. I did okay. Like bundled up wise. It was only towards the end that I realized my entire left toe was uh, numb. I was, I was worried like, I was going to get Matt Turner. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to go out like <laughs> Matt Turner. The, the feet are always what get you in those yeah. like long, cold ones. And I fucked up because I said I was going to have like a couple layers of socks on. Yeah. And then I just had just regular socks and like canvas shoes. And Luckily for us, struggling um, a bit. we did have some meat sweats going to keep us warm. That's true. Although, I don't know, hopefully that's not like a paradoxical thing. Like, you know how it's like a myth that like 
getting drunk doesn't actually help you stay warmer. You just right. feel warmer. Hopefully that's not how the meat sweats work. And it's worked. like you put more energy into like the the digestion of the meat sweats so you don't actually get the warmth of right. other energy or something. Do you Honestly, like literally sweat from the meat sweats? No, I didn't get a meat sweat going. Oh, okay. We got there late. Um, I actually started building it towards like the second half, which is why I didn't get up and like move around to like warm my toes because I was like, I'm kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, from digestion. But Luna's complaining now because she's like, I want to have meat sweats. Mm-hmm. But for context, so we did go get Rodizio in the Ironbound before the match. Met up with some uh, podcast Super League uh, colleagues, rivals, yeah. competitors. In case and, people uh, were wondering of... why Lucinius didn't get more minutes, it's because he came to our table every five minutes uh, with a big spit of meat, mm-hmm. asking us if we wanted it, and then we were like, yes. Yeah, a little easily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but, is is Rodizio like? <clears throat> is it all beef? Like it's a no. ste- is it a steakhouse? Like like what is it? I think it would. I think it's it primarily most, beef. most mm-hmm. places that offer Rodizio do describe themselves as steakhouses. Yeah, but it's not because like there was a bunch there's of sausages. chicken going around. Yeah, chicken hearts. That chicken I saw. hearts. Yeah. Oh, there's some definitely a couple of pork, pork products going yeah. around. Some ba- a lot of bacon covered stuff. Okay, okay. Uh, oh, wow. Great plantains though at the yeah. salad bar. Yeah. Okay. Because so the last time I went mm. was I was like vegetarian because <clears throat> this was like. We went in what, like 2016? Five years ago. This is our every 17? five year tradition. No, it was, it was 18. It was 2018. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was 18. Because I didn't get the meat special. I just got the salad bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. So many options. That was the that was the meal that I got just trying to be bootleg uh, when I was <laughs> when I was at Rodizio for 15 minutes yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yesterday. I ended up. Uh, well, I, I made like a rush. I hope I hope the owners of uh, Brasilia in Newark are not listening to this because they'll slap me with a suit. But uh, um, we'll give I, you different glasses so yeah, you can exactly. pretend to be a different bald person. But I got there and I said, I you know I kind of plotted my move and I was like, oh, I, there's an, there's an extra plate here. I might just run for the salad bar and just get some shit and just um, have a little like salad before I go to the arena. And then I realized when I got back to the table with shit on my plate that I didn't have a roll of silverware because yeah. I wasn't part of the thing. Mm-hmm. Luckily, though, there was like one big like iceberg piece of lettuce that I Used got a couple, got a couple of scoops yeah. out of, but oh, then went salad. out of commission. Wow. Yeah, nice. you're uh, very trendy. A nice lettuce wrap for everything. You're it eating. was it was an eco friendly dash, very gluten free. Wow. No, no plastic yeah. going into the system. Nothing. This uh, feels like a, a episode out of the. Um, Adrian Lewis meat. What is it called? The meat meat palace or whatever. <laughs> yeah, some uh, where you know over where we're like you know the English managers lunch club or whatever they call it, and then you're out there with the with the canny L- little tricks. L- Luis Felipe Scolari types <laughs> yeah, are yeah. Uh, are the ones who are going. Yeah, take your fucking chicken hearts. Yeah, yeah. Like, and meanwhile, Corky is sitting there. Fucking drugs. You silly, silly man. I can't say that. Right? I haven't heard that. What's the one? Uh, yeah, I haven't heard that. You All stupid right. man. You know Sorry, what I found? There's like four different threads we just threw out there at I once. But... I do find it a little regrettable that we didn't get to the dessert cart. I didn't see the dessert cart yeah. at all. Oh, no. Yeah. Really? I don't know what's going on. I think we were kind of like in a weird lull in service. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair. It was crowded. Yeah, it's true. And our table had already uh, refused a few at the time. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I was going to say I could have been more aggressive. I was trying to be, you know, normal and like polite and like not look like a fiend. But like once the bill hit, I was like, fuck, man, I got got to try to get a couple of these guys. I was like, this is I got to hit a devious lick. I did did not eat this much meat. (laughs) One of you come over here, (laughs) you know, just fucking give me one. But it was delicious. And, you You know, know, shout out. Someone was like, hey, can you just send the picanha over for for a little bit? And then they did. And I was like, "Okay, that's kind of like why I'm here. So Mm -hmm. shout out them. The Maduros were good. I don't know if they if they call them Maduros in, in Portuguese or not but do recommend not drows yeah exactly <laughs> that's that's my understanding of portuguese Madurino. so that part of the the returning to rba was was great um there's a new built building or two that's been built in the uh in in what do they call it the riverbend district technically yes right outside of rba tempe new jersey exactly scottsdale new jersey yeah or what's it in uh Kevin Finnerty, the coast, yeah, coast, coast of Mesa. Mesa, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the place where all the Peter Gibbons of Newark. Another live. set of uh, five over ones. That's yeah. a great shout. Just the deep, like, 
you know, imagining the scene where all the times where they just like walk through a random field yeah, exactly. in office space that is very much the vibe uh, to uh, the Harrison Riverbend. Yeah. Um, you know, had a lovely pedestrian experience crossing the on ramp <laughs> to get onto the bridge from Newark. You know, we love we love the uh, engineering technical standards of uh, the United States of America, don't we, folks? Um, but <laughs> yeah, there's actually there's actually a restaurant, even a restaurant bar. Yeah, there's at yeah, the corner. is that new? I thought I think it's new. Yeah, and I, I was shocked seen to see it like open. Yeah, it was called. I couldn't tell if it was a J or an F though. If it was a Joy it's or some, a like, Foya, Spanish, yeah, 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 or like Portuguese. I was gonna say yeah. it looks a little fussy. Right, it looked a little. Well, we just have to ruffle some feathers then. How about looked, that? It looked a little frustratingly um, expensive, kind <laughs> yeah. of, which was the problem with Katas. If yeah. anyone listening ever went to Katas, it was kind of a weird pregame place because it was trying to be like sort of expensive and fancy, and it was not a perfect. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't really want to pay nine dollars for Katas Bravos right now. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know. I, it does look kind of small, but like. Raising my hopes that maybe there'll be another restaurant or two, or like when some of this building gets gets finished, because there's something else underworks that will have a couple options there. Because I think that would change things pretty pretty uh, significantly for the better. Just to have somewhere on that side of the river you can just hang out. Instead yeah, just of, like a hub to hang out instead of going straight to the train. Yeah, more, yeah, more people would be for sure. Like right. crossing the bridge is such a big mental. It's all. I mean, lit, yeah. also like it's just. It it's is fucking dangerous far, right? and you that, like, yeah. have to cross those off, I mean, on and off ramps too. Look, soon our listeners will be able to come to the view from 202 pop-up illegal pojang matcha that I create at RBA featuring various Korean liquors. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Are you going to are you going to post up next to the $5 hats and uh, Right. No, but it'll be like there'll the be like boiling guy. liquids and like fish cakes inside of it and stuff and like oh. some of those spiral potato twisters, you know, just yeah. classic Korean street food. Delicious. You know. Ideal. You know, actually oh, we can open the lasagna food you truck. Know, you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, no, no. Jesus Christ. Um, you know what they should they should fucking pay hand over fit. Fuck DPs. Fuck all of that. Take all of the DP budget and give it to Tacos numero uno. If there was a tacos numero uno outside the stadium, in the stadium, I would just, I would fucking lose my mind. I would use yeah. the New York Red Bulls app to skip the line. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> you know? I would, I would buy like an RB2 season ticket that I'll never use if they put a tacos numero uno in the stadium. Mm. Mark DeGrande, the ball is in your court. You know, I, I'm like not really down with all of the, the cheesy goal celebrations. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the flamethrowers, I'll say at this point, because I think... Flamethrowers still there? They did it for this. Put it back. Yeah. Not that it would, you know. It I think they did it for the home opener. Oh, I guess I didn't notice. That. Um, yeah, I wasn't, because, yeah, exactly. I wasn't over there. Um, yeah. But I, I think like if they did like a giant spit of the adobada pork and they just like cut that off for every goal that we scored and gave it like a ta- taco to a fan, I'd be down with that as sure. a celebration. Hell, I could eat. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be the motto for the season. Hopefully, <laughs> we also got we got some of the hot chocolate. We did. Oh, we were one that? of the first two thousand. You know, fans. it was pretty. It was pretty. Uh, it was pretty normal. Couple, couple people in the press box got, and I could like smell it. It was like pretty pungent hot cocoa. Yeah, I would say it's just like per- it was like the perfect temperature of ski lodge hot chocolate. Mm. You know, it's sure, like a good Swiss Miss mixed with milk instead of water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I can't remember if this was at RBA or if it was on an away day, but I, I did get I did get hot chocolate once on a cold day out and it kind of like kind of ruined my day like it ruined my stomach yeah and for a sec just from the first sip this time i was like okay it's normal it's mm-hmm. gonna be fine mm-hmm. it's not gonna be the end of the world because i don't know if i could have afforded that but um also got a chance to check out the uh little store on that side of the concourse the mini one they didn't have any of the clearance stuff out unfortunately and i have to say just you know this might be heretical to our episode last episode or two ago but i might ju- i might just get the replica anyway <laughs> i don't know because really also i was looking at the fit on the authentic and i was like oh no you know that's <laughs> not it's, i do that every time yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nice to have an opposing voice on the show every once yeah. in a while you know i you know oh yeah i mean i don't know i'll start out maybe with a hot take as we drift towards the game that i didn't necessarily like how the red gets looked in action maybe it's just because it wasn't a you know 
The I'm buoyant just, game. But... I just don't like the pattern. It's a little. Yeah. It's a little. You can't see it on the the players though. Yeah, they, that wasn't really my. Problem I know, but like, but I just yeah. don't. I just don't think it's the best. I will say the the it's like not busy enough to be like cool busy, but it's like too busy to be cool. I I agree. It looks a bit like a texture. It looks like one of the default textures pack that you'd get in like Illustrator or Photoshop. That is just like the built-in texture. Oh, you like put when in. you do a fill, yeah, fill pattern. yeah. When you yeah. like fill from like one of the built-in texture libraries, and yeah. you're like, oh, I'm gonna have to make my own, aren't I? But they just never did. Adidas never did. Um, but from a distance, I thought it was. Fun. But yeah, I feel like the 2018 all red look was a little better. I'm hoping that we we mix in some red and white, some white yeah, shorts. Yeah, the, the 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 all red was kind of weird. Yeah. What they posted, the team posted a photo from san jose two weeks ago during like the national anthem and they must have like filtered it a bit because i thought the the shade of red looked really on nice the jackets in that. Yeah, yeah on the jackets and i was like ooh, ooh, very the, nice. the jackets with the white shorts and yeah it just I really think they have been putting a filter on it seems like there's a, a general makes color sense. grade for all yeah. of rbny this season my only other note on the stadium is that they like they refinished the like hallways and it's hard to tell I mean, it was kind of slippery on Sunday, but it was also because it was pretty wet from literal yeah. precipitation, but it I felt mean, very slick. I was going to say, it was wet before, but I think there was more like friction in, in, in the past on the, on the ground. Oh, totally. Yeah. It was like, it was like raw concrete, wasn't right. it? Yeah, I think and so. Just because it's a new, new finish, I think. But. Yeah, it's probably because it was new and it'll, it'll roughen up, but yeah, it was like, it was like school, school cafeteria pattern. floor. Yeah. yeah. With right. the team colors on it. But I, I thought that the graphics package, um, we could, it was like, if, if it was a team with less talented graphical artists, wouldn't be able to pull off. But I feel like we have a good enough and professional enough, um, like DC United wouldn't, or like Philly Union wouldn't have been able to pull off the type of graphics package on the, the Jumbotrons. Talking about the Jumbotrons? Yeah. Well, some of that, they rolled out some of that last year. Yeah, yeah. Although I say I will say they still need to, um, I think they're still a little enamored with all the different things and they can do little bells and whistles, and haven't really thought it through yet because they do the thing in warm ups where they'll just pick a player to put the camera on, pretty normal, but then they like just auto generate the little stat box oh, next yeah. to them. So one that was lingering on forever was Ryan Mara, and then they like picked up his little stat box and it wasn't even his career stats. It was like this season stats. So it was just zero, zero, yeah. zero, zero, zero. And I was like, guys, maybe I don't think you really thought that through. You or know? come up with some some bio details or yeah, something as opposed yeah, yeah. to stats. So, you know. Um but you know No that, no more no more Wendy's cam. Yeah, there was that cam. No, was there? apparently there wasn't. Really? I, no, I, I, saw, I, I didn't see any Wendy's. Okay. I didn't see any Wendy's no, signs I, in the arena. Like, I saw some uh, pop up on people at some point during a fan Sure. Game. Yeah. Maybe that was just like them forgetting to uninstall Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to snitch on a scandal if that's the case. I might bleep that out. Wendy's has actually been uh, sanctioned <laughs> yeah. by. Uh, Wendy's still operates in Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's really made Luna upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to deal with it. Sorry. You can't buy Wendy's in Russia, Luna. No Wendy's. No Moscow Ru- when Wendy's. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess let's get to the game itself. I think this is a. Uh, I think this is a kind of familiar game. I think we've seen this kind of thing before. You know. I think. I think. It's kind of a gut check for the team, is my read. But it's a zero. It's a zero one loss to Minnesota. Um, and I guess my brief synopsis is that I think, you know, we were all over them for the first 30 minutes, missed the penalty a little bit, a little bit on the back foot, but I think still until, you know, about 70 minutes of the game is, I think the Red Bulls really in charge and dictating the pace of play and generating most chances. And then Minnesota kind of effectively kills it out the last 20 minutes. Uh, so I'm, I think maybe this was just sort of a gut check for the team that they needed. And I, uh, suspect that, uh, they got a bit of the hairdryer treatment after from Struber, um, you know, and, and maybe they felt sorry for themselves a bit too much, but I really liked what I saw on the whole, 
especially the first half. And I think my my individual takeaway or a individual take on an individual player is after seeing them play in person, it's very clear to me that uh, Lewis Morgan is is the star of the show right now. He's really what we're built around and it's it's even more pronounced in person than Espe- on TV. Especially in this game, um, like kind of along those lines, both from a tactical sense and kind of just like a spirit on the field in general he runs sense. So much. Kaku. Mm. Right footed Kaku. Like Yeah. yeah. Um, I see that. dribbles more than Kaku though. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Which is interesting, yeah. Um and obviously more versatile and, you know, uh, I mean, although Kaku wasn't a slouch, but obviously, you know, good on both sides of the ball and can even slot in a defense too. So Right. Kaku just had that, like, occasional magical ball that I don't think Lewis Morgan necessarily has right now. Eh, I, there's, there were a couple I mean, last I think, night yeah, I mean, that they didn't end up pulling off. Right. But, yeah. I think they're glimpses, but, like, that, that requires the team to gel, whereas I feel like there was more of a, um, uh, like... Kaku kind of drove the show a little bit more in that way. You know, I think I think the Buenos Aires accent is in many ways the Scottish accent of Spanish. <laughs> so I think that that works. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's uh, uh, Morgan is from like Paisley, which is like the Ciudadela of uh, uh, yeah. of Glasgow. So it works. It all, yeah, it all lines up. Yeah, I was I was very impressed with Morgan. And I, you know, I, I actually was, I was pr- very impressed with Klimala until the miss, and you know, no two ways about it. The penalty is pretty poor, um, and but until then, he was really facilitating so much. Very similar to what we saw in San Jose, in my opinion. And then after the miss, I think, I think he is just a little mentally out of it. He could have been more out of it, I will say. Um, he still was kind of active in, in the buildup and what we were doing, but I think he just sort of seemed to switch off a bit. He he wasn't he wasn't as intense and like kind of like remonstrating with teammates and stuff as he usually is. Yeah. Um after after the penalty especially. It felt like he was more he's taking that <clears throat> uh it, it was really, I don't know, there were a few moments where, it, like, immediately after the penalty, it seemed like he was being really antagonistic to other Minnesota players. Mm-hmm. It seemed like he was, like, using that energy he would have otherwise used mm-hmm. to be, like, you know, as as vocal or, like, visually, like, you know, like, active as he is with his teammates. He was using it again, you know, mm-hmm. on the Minnesota players. Like, chippy fouls, like, chatting all the way into the, like, into the tunnel at halftime mm-hmm. oh, with I Minnesota did, players. That. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, it just seems like, and it's just a reminder that he's a 23-year-old. Like, mm-hmm. he's just, like, a young guy. And he's, like, so some of that, like, mental, like, not resiliency, but, like, some of the, like, just, like, I don't know. It, he's it, definitely it, strong-headed. Like yeah. he's, he's got he's got that striker personality. Totally. Like, yeah. And it, you yeah. know, when he uses it in a good way, it's 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 amazing to see. But it, you know, there were there was well, uh, yeah, moments at the end of the second of the first half that were concerning. I wouldn't even say it's like he's weak mentally. It was just kind of a, a lapse a little bit, and then you know, a lapse in in confidence almost. And yep. then you know, like the if you feel insecure for a little bit, that I feel like that's my, how my, you might react. And then, you know, you don't really regain control. But you know, overall, the the way that the flow of the game went, I think, given both the the weather, um, the which you know obviously affects the field conditions, um, and then also kind of the trend of officiating across the game made everyone lose confidence as they were playing, just because, um, they were picking up more fouls and they were getting more frustrated. And, you know, in my sense, the fouls were a little bit softer as the match went on um, because I feel like there was more that was let go in the first half and that really benefited us. But I think we kind of lost a sense of where we can go. And then once you get a foul called on you, you get frustrated and then you lose your rhythm. And then, you know, um, things get derailed a lot in that way. Especially chasing a game. Right. It's like that one cog that sets off a lot of other stuff. I think, yeah, I feel like that, that that phenomenon was most pronounced in the midfield, but I do think it affected Klimala a lot too. Or over the yeah, I I think the ref was letting him play. And then I think I think the ref somewhat consistently to an extent 
got more strict. Like it, it wasn't like he tightened up. Like the, the second half was not consistent with the first half overall, but it was sort of a gradual tightening up of the game. That the frustrating part was that it, it, it we as a team did not adjust well to that, and then for the last. 15 minutes of the game and it said it was just baiting us really effectively into to fouls which is frustrating because we just got a little frustrated but then because you saw in that first 30 minutes we were we were creating space so well out of like these these going strong into challenges or, or like drew turned a guy like two or three times he was having a monster half and frankie as well was having a really good half just creating space and winning tackles and getting stuck in um, and then we lost that and got a little tentative and I think their feet got a little colder too. And that definitely happened with Klimala where first, first 35 minutes, I felt really confident every time the ball was in the air. Second half, I was like, Oh boy, there's going to be a foul here. Yeah. Every, every, yeah. Especially in the second half guy, like every player seemed to have a moment where they like slipped on the ball or something yeah. or like lost their touch or lost their handle or whatever. And it's maybe, literally maybe their feet got cold and like less kind of like used to, playing the ball. But I think what you said a minute there ago there, Britt, was true that I think you're seeing a lot more this year in general and the team capitalized it more in the San Jose and Toronto games, but um, you're seeing just running into the midfield space more. We're, we're, we're stretching opponents around to the extent where they have their central defensive midfield stretched from their back line and we're running into that space way more. Um, I think part of that is that, yeah, Amaya is way more, I mean, it's already just like kind of a different, he's already kind of a different player profile in general from Davis, but he looks so much more confident this year mm -hmm. um, than he was last year. Um, and just, you know, carrying and just, he's deceptively fast on the ball. I mean, it's been, you know, kind of, kind of striking and um, yeah, you, you can definitely see that the, you know, uh, and I, I like to imagine is what, Struber is doing by design to create those kind of transitions where their, you know, kind of defensive block or the opponent's defensive block is stretched out and discombobulated. And we're actually taking advantage of it now. Um, whereas last year it would, you know, like we've talked about, would just kind of get circled around and eventually end up at the fullbacks mm -hmm. and, you know, just not, not much would happen and the defense would get set. I don't think you're seeing that as much this year, we're actually pouncing on those opportunities. And it seems like you can see the pressing structure that Struber is putting in place and kind of, uh, kind of tweaking the lineup for week to week, tweaking the formation week to week is actually getting results. Um, it's, mm -hmm. it's not that this game, yes, this one nil loss against Minnesota was not like one of the one nil losses at home to like Cincinnati last year, or like going back to the Armas era where the team just looked flat the entire time and never, you know, looked like they are actually going to, you know, take initiative on any chances that they got. Yeah. Whereas this year it was just, or this, this game last night um, was just running into like an insane goalie performance. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look, I I think we have a lot of dribblers on this team now too. A lot of guys want to carry the ball. I think we're doing that more in the midfield. Like Drew does that. Amaya does that. Um, I mean, like even Omir picks up and turns around. Uh, Morgan definitely does that. Um, and you know, I think with the I I'm sure that the groundskeeping crew took the precautions to uh, like cover the pitch and whatever but you know given that it snowed um the day before the, the game uh the day of um and that it was so cold like i imagine it's weird that they didn't kind of adjust to it but you know i imagine that the ground is soft considering that the, the ball was at their feet so much um and like also you know like Klamal's penalty was bad like you know uh, don't get me wrong but you know i think it would have looked better if if it was like a hot summer day and you had like a a, a firmer ground that's a little uh quicker to bounce off of on, on the low shot like that. But I mean, it seemed like a lot of those issues kind of, kind of stemmed from what, what I, I think is like a little bit more of a circumstantial event, um, and not a trend to look into. But, um, I think like if we're looking at how we play now, it's like a lot of these guys will be able to carry it out of these situations or take on two on ones in the midfield. Right. Yeah. I think even with the field and the weather, they still played well enough to score multiple times you know and in a way it's almost as, like when they called the penalty obviously you always take a penalty but i think if they had not reviewed it 
And we just kept playing. We probably would have scored within five or ten minutes after that anyway. In a sense, it was sort of a, it was a, it kind of turned it into a crucible a bit where like that, by having a penalty, gives you opportun- opportunity to miss it and maybe take yourself a little men- mentally out of the game. Whereas miss- missing a chance in the run of play, I think, is probably less um, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of like failed that binary <clears throat> switch there. But, you know, that said, we still had a, a plenty of chances to go ahead and looked really strong overall. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm not too concerned about the way they set up. I mean, I think we were definitely asserting ourselves. And at one point in the first half, I said, you know what? I'm calling it. I feel like we're back. It feels like we're back. And Kate actually was like, Britt, shut up. You're, you're jinxing us. Which I suppose on the day she ended up being right, but in general, you know, I know I, I, I feel still pretty good about it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, it looks like the, the team has a plan that they're executing. This was sort of a gut check thing, and and after the game, actually, Alex suggested or, or um, compared this maybe to like the RSL game in 2018, but I think maybe another one that could be a fit because I think that was an away game. So a better comparison is I think the only loss at home we had in 2018 was that kind of random. Chunel lost to Chicago. Chicago. uh, Richard Sanchez, right? And stood on his head a bit. And I actually think that this Minnesota guy didn't even do nearly as well as Sanchez did in that game. Um, And then we kind of scored. I think, didn't we miss a penalty in that game too? And then Chicago scored. That sounds right. Like Royer missed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That sounds kind of right. Yeah. So it kind of felt like a similar vibe to that. And that was was a pretty warm day too, I think. So that's kind of a... the temperature check i'm getting on this game i had to fight the my my urge to emphasize a, a royer penalty miss because i have no more qualms with him he's gone <laughs> the um it's my natural instinct we saw edwards again this match or i guess for the first time we he was a saw sub, last, sub last match okay. yeah and i feel like coming out of the second half there was there was a bit of a direction that seemed to that we seemed to go out there with the intention of having him direct play more a little bit from that right center back position that I thought was sort of interesting. And maybe they got that plan kind of got interrupted by the goal we conceded. Um, but I think that was like an interesting wrinkle that we could have um, seen more of um, cons- the goal itself. Very annoying, very frustrating. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, it feels like it, you know, came from nothing. It's, it's so annoying to ha- for it's the, not like the only way they were going to score and they did. You kind of felt like it, what is going to happen that way. And it's also so annoying for our players to slip on the ball so often and then have their guy hit a clean volley first time. It's like, fuck's sake. Can't we do that? Struber had some interesting comments post game that I think line up with what, what you saw on the field where both, um, even he made the point, I, I, he didn't necessarily put it in, in these terms, so I'll do this for him, being the shill that I am, that uh, he, you know, the sec, he, I mean, obviously it was the goal was given up on the second ball from a set piece where, you know, the team was discombobulated and they, you just throw a ball in there and sometimes it can end up, you know, at a guy's feet and they can volley it in like that. Um, but that's, that's a, probably like the least area of, concern at the start of the season you could possibly have because that's you know that's so clearly a thing that's a product of just a team gelling over time and coaching and just getting what better drilled and stuff like that and it's something that you know you kind of you don't expect it to happen you don't accept it happening at the start of the season but it's still something that is a little more um you know you'll see more in the early part of the season before things get more more engineered as time goes on Mm -hmm. yeah Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say it just sucks that it takes a like if you take the context of just this game, mm-hmm. it does take a big part of kind of where the momentum and rhythm of this game went. But yeah, like you're saying, like it's not a like yeah. In most circumstances, like maybe he just dives the other way, or like Klimala does uh, a stutter, like he sometimes does, and just like sends sends him one way. Um, but yeah, I think like missing a penalty, like every penalty taker misses penalties, right? Um, but you know, like it, it, there, there is like an outsized importance of that penalty within this game. Unfortunately, I think given the fact that it came late and and the the timing and the the way that we were playing. Wait, are like, you talking about the penalty like shout at the end? No, or? no, the the first one, like the the one that Kamala missed or oh. didn't miss, but like you know the the one that was saved. Um, that like that penalty in itself, it it sucks that 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 miss was big for this game. But you know, like 
overall uh, in the you're, season. You're saying nothing. that you're saying that it's like part of that early season jitters thing, like kind of. But there's nothing to read into, like for that. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that he's overall a bad penalty taker because of that. Mm-hmm. I will say he 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 needs. I think the first 200 minutes of, or so of this season are on the whole a pretty good um, snapshot of the quality player Patrick Lamella is in general. I think just the way that he created things both in San Jose and in Toronto, very textbook examples of his strengths. And you can see he's a solid player simultaneously. I think he really does kind of need a goal right now just to, just to, uh, I don't know, get off the mark a bit. Like, um, you know, he's like somebody he needs, it'd be really nice for him to put away a, uh, chance, like the couple that he had in Toronto, you know, just like something one-on-one, um, simple because uh, yeah, I think he just kind of needs it to get over it just to, just to get over the hump a bit. Not I don't not even I don't even think like oh he'll score a ton once he does it, but like he just creates so much. Um, he's due one or he's owned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it would be nice just to get to bag. <clears throat> it also hasn't uh, been that nice long since one. he scored, so I don't know, like right. Yeah. But the other thing I was saying besides the the fact that you concede on you know the second ball of a set piece is like the least worry that you could have. Um, as far as, you know, uh, you know, having a, having a kind of soft spot early in the season. Um, the other thing that Struber said post game that was interesting was that, um, and I think again, this lined up with what you saw on the field that, um, the team was facing a packed bunkering defense that had a lead, but breaking lines in possession and just generally looking more coherent in possession and having, you know, kind of a purpose to the balls they were playing. Uh, Morgan was actually penetrating to the byline. Dylan Nealis was penetrating to the byline. Sometimes Struber actually mentioned that post game to closer where, to the end of the game. He was. Yeah. Dylan Nealis. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I wasn't pinpointing any specific time, but, uh, but that uh, more, more just kind of talking about Struber's point that, that, he and that he specifically mentioned that the team is breaking towards the end line more often. And that's something that we had talked about on the show last year. That was something that was lacking from the way the team attacked mm-hmm. uh, last year, that they were way too willing to take what the d- defense gave them at kind of the corners of the box and just sort of cycling the ball there instead of forcing something towards the, the end of the field. And, you know, in the first game, it's against San Jose. You saw Morgan feed Klamala that way. And you're just seeing generally more danger created from that and more danger created from a possession setup when the other de- the other team's defense is, you know, really packed and not giving us much space and yeah. not, not taking the chances that we usually thrive on. But us having to take the initiative ourselves looked way better in this game than we've seen in the past. We look a lot more confident getting the ball uh, up wide really tight on this on the line you know uh when we're playing especially lewis morgan he just like hugs that that sideline when he's running up it seems like yeah morgan morgan was working all night i think he, he got a little cold and and uh tired by 75th minute or so he might have been the only one running enough to stay warm the whole night though. he was he was a machine all night i was i was and he is so quick he's so quick um but yeah, last year it almost felt like intentionally we weren't going to the byline that for some reason we just decided to hold it back. And I, I agree, we looked a lot more comfortable in that stage of the game. And one area where I'm hoping maybe we can gel a little bit more is that Dylan Nealis seemed to be playing very conservatively this week for some reason. Um, maybe maybe it's just happenstance and and or maybe it was part of the tactical plan. But there are a couple of sequences where I, I was just kept on being like, like go like you could like you could you can commit or you can dive in more to that a bit but he seemed to be playing very um conservatively i guess for 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 lack of another word that um i would i would hope maybe over time he gets a little bit more comfortable maybe mixing in a little bit because i think there are a couple moments of hesitation between him him morgan and klimala i think on the right were really kind of uh creating trouble and danger and, and nervousness among minnesota and it felt like sometimes you were just like one bit of daring or, or, or strong challenge or final ball away from slicing them apart. Um, and maybe that comes later in the season, but I was thinking about this and I, I think conservative isn't necessarily the right thing for Dylan, Dylan Nealis. And I think it was more that he got a lot of negative feedback from when he, he did try some maybe more aggressive 
like crosses or something because he couldn't get past his first defender for a lot of those crosses and maybe I think he grew into the game a little bit more conservative and then he came back a little bit by the end and, and tried kind of dribbling a little bit more or uh, maybe a linking up play and doing those one twos but yeah I mean like kind of in in that mid-game phase you really did uh fall back but you know i don't think he necessarily always started that way but like as the whole team kind of lost confidence too i think it was just kind of a you know a trend um from that game is that mm-hmm. like everyone kind of fell i don't know bit. i think maybe him him not getting past the first man was a function i think of him hesitating a second and and letting def- the defender get set get a and, second and, to breathe yeah and and then yeah, I mean, if move. you're saying yeah. he just couldn't beat his man, you're just saying he's a bad player. Or well, like, yeah, you know, I mean, this this is we're talking. I mean, about I'm very that. unpleased with his performance, honestly, but um, I don't like think he's a bad player. I'm just because yeah. I think you can see in his game so far that he's got a bit of pace and he's got a bit of a, a sprint on him, agility. Um, but he he didn't allow himself, I think, to use it a couple no, times. It wasn't like, his game. If he, if he just immediately jumped into a bit of space or something, I think he would have gotten around them. But he he often waited a bit until until it was much harder to do that. So I would I would hope that um, you know another week another week of training another ninety minutes uh, hundred eighty minutes of- yeah I, I still see a player there if he get if he takes a you know few weeks few months to to learn our way of football yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but like everyone was a little slow except for Drew Yearwood I feel like everyone was a little slow at seeing what the option was like Omir was a bit slow uh, um, I think. Uh, Lewis Morgan, uh, despite him working hard, was a bit slow to see some some runs. I don't know if I even necessarily saw that. I mean, that's kind of what I was mm. talking about earlier, where like you know the possession kind of flowed. It was just kind of that that final ball just wasn't wasn't there when it was there. It you know was just getting barely tipped by this. I, I disagree in that I think it was just not fast enough. Like I think that there were a lot of options that people missed, and it was just because like Britt was saying, like we had. Uh, a lot of people on the team hesitating. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that everyone literally had cold feet um, and no one can get like a good touch um, if you can't feel your toes. Um, but um, well, I don't know if that's what I would. I mean, I, I, I think we were flowing on the whole. I think that we had a couple players like Nailis who were hesitating towards the end and then we were slipping. But I, I attribute. I don't think our offense, when we had possession, we weren't flowing. I disagree I think, with that. No, I think we were. And then especially in the first half, we were. We were bottling up Minnesota in their own third in a very similar way to the way we did in San Jose, I think, that was that was creating a lot of good situations. And I, I think uh, what I attribute Sunday mostly to is that middle portion of the game where I think we let the tightened up refereeing really um, get in our heads and we let, I think, we, we it was too easy for Minnesota to slow down the game by going down softly over and over again for like 30 minutes and with a little bit more poise and um, maybe a little bit of coaching, like maybe we take a step back and we bypass the midfield a little bit more next week. Cause I think we, we just kept on wanting to win those challenges and then not adjusting. And maybe the way we were complaining was annoying the ref a little bit where he was like, all right, I'll just call it again. I'll just call it again. And he just kept doing that for 35 minutes. And then, all of a sudden it was, you know, squeaky bum time and then the game was over. So I, I think can, given the conditions, I mean, I guess this is to what you're saying, Beaches. I think given the conditions, we were playing pretty fluidly um, and and uh, I think did plenty enough to score. And it just it just didn't go in on the day. And I think it's a chance for a little bit of mental maturity and growth. And I'm actually surprised that... Um, Struber didn't hit more of the notes he usually, he has in the past about mental strength and everything. Cause I feel like this was a really good, uh, case of that. Cause he loved talking about that last season. Um, I, but, I, yeah. I, I think there is a bit of nuance there because like, I think we, where we looked really fluid is in transition, uh, or when we were like playing disruptively, interrupting play, getting interceptions, winning tackles. And I think as the game tightens up and the refereeing goes that way, um, you know, like a, a type of play where you're more possessive and the way that the game state went where Minnesota, you know, can afford to play back a little bit um, in the lower block and we, we, we maintain possession. Um, 
I think that's when we kind of lost the fluidity, and that's that's. Well, what well, I mean, of course you're not. Gonna, I mean, well, of course yeah. you're not going to be fluid and have transition when the other team's bunker. Yeah, yeah, only, but like when you're cycling only, the ball and there's a guy running far, far, like you don't see the guy running far side. I, I like it, the, whole, the whole point. The whole point of what Struber was saying was that it's impossible to transition yeah. and have those kinds of moments when the other team is bunkering and there's defending like, the lead, and, and we were still generating chances anyway. There's but we're three being or very slow with the ball in possession, and, and, and like I just don't think that's our strength, and that's fine. And but like no like, one's saying it as we're, we're it's, it's right, a exactly. reaction to a situation right and that's like I'm just only, saying we didn't react well to that and that's like it's, I, it's I, I'm not, not seeing that at all and yeah. we're not that's fluid, literally that's the we're not fluid when we have the ball and that's like just not how we play it was frustrating to watch the last the last like I think twelve minutes or yeah, so yeah like a lot um, of our midfielders missed a lot of guys I'm uh, not seeing that I I think it was like in particular um like Tolkien was was open like quite a bit right on on our left side well and okay i have a different issue with that but yeah but and even looking yes like toward the end like there were a bunch of opportunities to like to shift uh to the other side of the field and, and we kind of got caught on our own feet and then we would sort of cycle it back to our center backs right and that was that was frustrating to watch because there the was last, a lot of progressive play 10, that I, don't, I don't know if that's like a symptom of like a larger issue of the 90 though that that's just like a chasing the game like yeah, of, the, of course, the, the dying embers of a of game of course we looked better right? when, the, when the game was even yeah like, there's yeah. like only two or three teams in the world that look fluid when the other team is 10 people in the box Maybe even only yeah. one or two teams in the world at this moment. Actually, maybe not even any. Like Barcelona is not even good right now. So like I don't like. No one looks fluid in that sort of game state. And I think there were times where like you know, especially when Lucinius gets his debut and is on for ten minutes. There are a couple times where I was like, you know what? It's cold. Minnesota doesn't want to be here. They want to be on the bus. I was like, you know what, Tolkien? Maybe you can just like, you can throw it down to Lucinius and just see see what he can do at this point. But the fact that he didn't do that is not a big deal. It actually makes sense. And I think that, like, especially compared to last year, the way that we moved the ball around was so much better. I mean, there's even a point where, like, uh, but I mean, both Long and Nealis got uh, more involved in the, the final third towards the end there. And um, that was so much better than last year, too. Like, like last year, Long, while he was still fit, got involved a bit and it, it seemed to just destabilize us even worse. Um, this year, you know, I felt, I felt pretty good about it. I think, yeah, for me, it's the weather. And I think it's also just like, we lost the mental edge a little bit, but I think the context for the mental edge thing for me is that I think our, our main opponent is ourselves there. Like we shouldn't let the refereeing bother us so much. We shouldn't let Minnesota so reliably bait us into fouls. Um, and then we shouldn't let it like, you know, like, if we're going to get called for that many fouls, you might as well just go full strength into all those 50-50s anyway. But we weren't. So I think I think it's just a gut check for the team. And I think we looked plenty of fluid. And I think, especially with another week of Lucinius and then Fletcher potentially coming in, like, I feel pretty, feel pretty good about it on the whole. I think I'm mostly triggered by this, the fact that we can't beat an Adrian Heath team for some reason. <laughs> Oh, like, cause like back the, to the Orlando days. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Was he still in charge of Orlando for that big old five two back in the day? It wasn't that the one he got sent off. You talking about the game where Kyle Duncan got injured and there was the call in disaster? <laughs> yeah. That was four three. Oh wait, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Five two was Carlos Rivas scored on us, I think, for Orlando oh, on five yeah. two. But yeah. I think there was like a red card in that one. I think Keith got sent off in an Orlando game. I think we won that one now. Because 5-2 is at Red Bull Arena, right? Yeah. That was a weird fucking game. Honestly, yeah. that game, like, among the, the games we've lost, that was, like, one of the more... Or one of the less worse ones, I think. And there was like, like a point where it was like two three, right? It, like we were down two three, yeah. And, and then like there was a corner on our side, and everybody got up, and it was like really hype, and it felt like a really close, like like high energy game. Yeah. So yeah, that is that yeah. one. And then all of a sudden we gave, we gave up. Out, yeah, yeah, exactly. Bottom fell out real quick. Score was a little Deceptively harsh. harsh. Yeah, harsh. Yeah, but then it also reached the point where it was like, yeah, it was. Was like, that the wheel frustration game? No, that was a game against Seattle. Okay. That was that was a game we won uh, 2-1 against Seattle. We sat in the middle. Yeah, um, exactly. Okay. The, but that Orlando game was like, yeah, I left it being like, well, we <laughs> threw everything at the wall. We gave it a good go. <laughs> yep. We got countered a couple times and like they finished well. I was 
fairly entertained. I had less less complaint. Like it was like, all right, you know what? I got ninety minutes of soccer, and sometimes crazy things happen in soccer. <laughs> yep. On Sunday, I was like, oh god, my toe is numb. I got to get back to the path station so I don't get Matt Turnered. You know, <laughs> has there been any more con- uh, confirmation of that story? I think it's there like was just, just kind of confirmed there in was the background. There, I, but... I, I can't remember who who put that out there, but I don't think it was like a blue check journalist no, or yeah. something yet. But the rumor is yeah. that Matt Turner has grade two second frostbite, degree frostbite on his foot from that insane friendly no not friendly qualifier that the U.S. played in Minnesota a month or two ago. Which talk about known goal, um, but yeah, so. So now it's uh, top, we now we have a top of the table battle next yeah. weekend. Playing Columbus at home again on Sunday. Columbus of seven points. With the um, BWP Derby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that he ended up there. And then Ren refused pointedly refused to retire there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, since yeah. we, we mentioned BWP last episode, but like in there was like one bit of extra news every day last week about mm-hmm. it. I feel like it was sort of a gradual rollout where they clarified that he did, you know, do the signing one day contract thing. And then he's going to join Lade's new podcast as like permanent co-host, which, you know, I don't know why it's named after Connor Lade then to be honest. Sorry, Connor. Yeah. But, um, and, and I guess special assistant to the sporting director. Right. Yeah. I think he has a desk and everything, <laughs> which I great. Um, and you know, I think um, it's even more substantial than, than we even said last week. Cause we didn't even know it had just been announced when we talked about it last week. So I like that. And I think it, I haven't listened to the first episode. Have you, have any of you guys? No, I heard the, I don't listen to any other podcast. I, I heard it was fairly engaging. And I think it also speaks to the something we've talked to in previous episodes where it's like, there is a real gap in Red Bull's media right now where like most other teams on their broadcast team, they have a former player who's played in the last decade or the last two or three decades. You know, sorry, <laughs> Shep, even not played in like 40 years or something. Doesn't really know many people involved in the game. Uh, as well and and just like the level of stories and stuff i think you even see it comparing Harmon and jolly against the msg crew like they even have just like a little bit more familiarity familiarity and uh ex- direct experience to talk about so i think i'm i'm hoping that this laid and bwp project kind of is is starting to move in the direction of having a little bit more of that in Red Bull's world because it would be nice to have somebody on the broadcast or just around talking about oh yeah this reminds me of a game in 2018 when we won the mm. shield or like oh when we were doing really well and like we, we won we you know Sebastian Latou yeah we're, yeah we're so jealous every time we go to Philly and see the little Sebastian Latou booth on the concourse yeah. or also spitting in, his, in this nice three-piece suit yeah. some of the more painful ones are that Charlie Davies on the New England broadcast and Jeff Laurentiis on the Atlanta broadcast like I, I fucking hate both of those guys <laughs> but like it's much more interesting listen than what we've got going on you know I, I just we need we need an injection of more recent experience and anecdotes and stories about the club guys guys who feel like peers as opposed to like grandparents right <laughs> yeah sometimes I was yeah. gonna say that um you know being a grime rapper BWP can speak fast enough to be a um, like a play-by-play guy, but you don't need to speak fast to be a soccer play-by-play guy, do you? No soccer. I mean, this yeah. is true for all sports, but I think it's especially true in soccer, like knowing how to use silence. Mm-hmm. You know, apparently, uh, Joe Buck is is well. I guess he's not available. He's signed to ESPN now. He's not. He's not on Fox anymore, though. So maybe we can pick up some Joe Buck uh, spare weekends. That'd be a massive Tom, Tom Brenneman's <laughs> available. <laughs> and there, there's what would it be there's there's a deep goal kick to the left side <laughs> there's a deep there's a deep free kick to make it four one cincinnati um but hey we even have a castellano on the on the oh yeah team, that's true or castellanos i can't remember wait i think no, he's there... cast you think he's a singular castellano okay I, couldn't, I knew that there's not an s on one of the names but mm-hmm. he's jesus not jesus um 
Anyway, we're playing we're playing Columbus at home next week. They have seven points. Uh, Derek Etienne is apparently on the team of the week. Scored a goal, right? Scored a goal and had an assist. He did a heel click celebration. That's yeah. nice for oh, him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, Columbus seemed. I mean, it's brief, but they seem to have recovered a bit of form. I mean, they won the they won the cup for whatever that's worth in uh, Columbus, 2020. Columbus, like ever since they've had Caleb Porter, they always seem to me to be good and terrible at the same time within the same season <laughs> constantly yeah exactly mm-hmm. and yeah i guess that goes back to portland too. yeah just a very yeah. caleb porter yeah team. and looking at their results so they beat toronto last week 2-1 um and toronto had even even younger lineup last week than when they played us i think mm. they drew san jose 3-3 which yeah but okay that game that game was really funny because um san jose was down a man they were they went down to 10 men and came back columbus was up three to one yeah and they give up two set or two calvo goals in the last like 15 minutes and 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 san jose won in the like last minute of stoppage time like the 95th minute yeah it was pretty hilarious damn so maybe it's that like was their equivalent of the Minnesota L game. For, for them, yeah. I wish we could have drawn ours at least. Right, know, right, yeah. And then they totally pantsed Vancouver, and Vancouver seemed to be in a bad way right now. So, was, was that one at home? Yeah, okay. that was to open the season. They won 4-0. Um, mm. So I think this is a good test, you know, without without overhyping Columbus, you know, because um, they're they're pretty ordinary last year. Um, but just just looks like they're, they are a solid group of guys who have all played together. I mean, if you look at the lineup from last week for yeah instance. they still have like pedro you santos know, and Artur, yeah. i can't believe pedro santos Artur, still plays for yeah. that team. nagby mensa um yeah it's all the same guys. yeah these guys know each other they know how to play each- with each other this so. is like the opposite of minnesota like i know all these guys <laughs> right yeah um <laughs> they're like somehow the same to me i don't know yeah so certainly i'm certainly not scared of columbus but i do you know cautiously respect them i think they're gonna be a solid side a bit and i think they're on the spectrum of like totally coming in expecting to lose versus like like okay so let's say there's three main points four i guess let's say four points along the spectrum of people visiting rba the lowest and weakest is just like total loser mentality can't wait to To get get on the plane the next one i think is like gonna fight until they concede a goal and then it's over and i think minnesota was kind of there and then we don't concede a goal, then you know they'll they'll fight it out. The next one is kind of toe to toe, you know, evenly matched, could go either way. And then I guess the the highest level is you know when the other team you just think is flat out better than you when you're not having a good season. Hopefully that tier will not be used at all this year. I think Columbus is that third kind of level where I think we're kind of potentially toe to toe here. But the fact that we're at home, I'd expect us to outperform them still but i think this is our first decent chat uh, challenge of the season yeah i mean they're going back to the point of how they're they've been around for a while and they're a pretty like you know veteran team who all know each other and know the league um and you know even going back to when it was a younger team you know going all the way back to when burhalter was manager they were you know they gave us problems even at home and um they're a team that's not going to like or less likely to completely unravel and melt down if, you know, they can see mm-hmm. the goal or we're just pressing them really hard with a lead in the second half or something. They'll they'll probably fight to the end and yeah, give give a good test through the whole ninety minutes. They won't be like, you know, Toronto or Chicago last year coming in here and just melting down in the second half. It's funny because they're a team that's kind of always been that like that for several administrations now right. for us. It's, even in playoffs, right? We have like a very strong playoffs history with Columbus too. It's kind mm-hmm. of funny that we don't have more of like beef with them but um like i feel like columbus is one of those teams i always look at i'm like you know never know what's going to happen in this game yeah. like they're probably going to have a pretty strong showing they always seem to um but it's it's funny that like it's always columbus no matter who's in charge or like what well i mean the team's always been the same like honestly at this point federico Iguain should do a tom brady for for columbus you know i'm gonna make a, 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 a analogy i feel like columbus is sort of to us how Cleveland, I guess the Guardians now are to the Yankees a bit, where I feel like they have a lot of back and forths and a couple big playoff series that in recent history both teams have won, but there isn't like beef. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very well put. There yeah. you go. Ba- and baseball analogy of the week done, <laughs> sorted. Um, speaking of which, now that baseball is back, they're going to do a bunch of double headers to make up the games. <laughs> 
which I think is probably going to fuck up City's schedule even more, I would guess. Yeah. I would expect to hear a couple reschedules coming down the <laughs> they pipeline won't even, for They them. won't even be, go, be able to go to Flushing. Yeah. Like, True, yeah. That's so, a good point. Yeah, the Mets yeah. are going to be doing double duty too. Yeah. Shit. Well, they're going to go back to Hartford. I hope, yeah, I hope we keep them locked out. Do you think they'll take the banner with them to Hartford? <laughs> They'll get they'll get a big one for Hartford yeah. <laughs> no for the loyal fans. It'd be really right. funny if they like took it down for Yankees games and put it back. Yeah. You know what? I I think there's a solid 50-50 I, chance that I that's going to happen. If I worked in the Yankees front office, I'd be like, "What the fuck is yeah. this?" Because they put it this up in like in, they put it up in like the front of a suite or something, right? Yeah, something like if if I'm if I'm the if I'm like the the Jim if, if, if I'm if I'm the Putnam yeah. if I'm the Putnam County contractor who owns that suite, I'm like, "What the fuck is this shit?" I think my clients here. Yeah. They don't want this soccer shit. Yeah, here. Like, get this communist stuff out of here. <laughs> <laughs> last year, apparently. The there's the the Yankees equipment truck got like just drove through this uh, garage in Fenway before the door was already up and just like totally fucking broke it and got the thing stuck. And apparently it's just one married couple from Long Island who drives the Yankees equipment truck every week and they just fucking destroyed it. So I'm just imagining I'm looking at this ba- this banner with that exact reaction. We 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 know the we know uh, the son of a guy who who makes the flags for Yankee Stadium. They on, switch on the those top. over every time don't, too, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. A lot of effort. A lot of, lot of effort. A lot of flags. Very, very uh, make work. Very New York City tradition. <laughs> I have to give that off my cap. You know, they me. probably write a lot of that off on the game day operations costs for, like, the transition. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. So, what do you, what do you want to see against Columbus? Like, lineup-wise, I think... Uh, there's no, there's no new injuries. Knock on wood. No reason to expect anyone will be out that we haven't heard of. There is reason to expect that Lucinius might get more minutes and or Fletcher. I mean, who knows? We have to do the, you know, consult our Ouija board on whether Fletcher's visa is going to get approved or not. Um, but I don't know. Any, any. Uh, Edwards might get more minutes. Any specific personnel or, or changes you'd be interested to see uh, going towards. Sunday against Columbus or just just we roll out a similar sort of thing I think the two things that stick out to me is I I just want to keep exploring the different formations that Struber is going to be playing around mm-hmm. with so I want to see more of a four in the back with the diamond midfield I just, I, I'm just more curious to like see how that team comes out I mean we were all very familiar with five in the back and how that's operated over the past you know mm-hmm. year essentially um, so I'm I mean I'm just genuinely curious to see us play four in the back um, and uh, would love would love to have that happen um, and then the other thing I'm just worried about is our set piece defending against Zellerion um who's just got a really good shot from outside the box um and i feel like that could be our demise um if we end up do you know conceding i was gonna say we survived a period of when sebastian javinko was in the lead but we really didn't when we didn't at we all really <laughs> didn't, so. um, um, but I, I totally agree with you like i i think if the eventual kind of like goal and that look for this team is to look in kind of that maybe four two 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 um that we we saw against toronto um you know maybe if that's the future then like let's see it um if it's not then let's see if it's not (laughs) yeah Yeah. i I never yeah i never thought i would ever be sitting here saying this in my entire life but i want to see the ford 222 again (laughs) our blog Um, is relevant our title is relevant again (laughs) um i yeah I, i would like to see that i don't know too much i mean i'll have to you know do my studying this week, but I don't know too much about how Columbus sets up formation wise. I assume it's kind of like a four, two, three, one thing still, but yeah, yeah. that's um, FOMOP's best guess. Yeah. But who knows? Um, that sounds like the Columbus for the past they both, seven yeah, years. We just have wingers and, yeah. and two midfielders. But they're, but they're not, yeah, they're, they're not going to be like, they're not going to be rigid and static like a Minnesota was. Um, they're going to come out and play a right. little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I would like to think that the four, Two 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 against a team that they're expecting to move out a little bit more will be something that Struber wants to go with because he you know he always says um, and he said specifically after this game when he uses like the five man backline it's to you know go after teams that you know have the backline sitting back more and so he can have more players in the wide areas who are just gunning mm-hmm. for that deep part of the field whereas if Columbus is going to be coming out and stretching themselves more yeah I want to see that for 
442-4222 empty bucket. Yeah. Whatever. It's it's horrible. It's a disgrace to football, but I would like to see us try it out a little longer. It'll be interesting to see how we do against Nagby and Artur, because those are very two very uh two guys that love to keep the ball at their feet are strong in the tackle. And we effectively feasted on Nagby a bit when he was at Atlanta. Um, because I think as a player, he he usually I think just sort of assumes that can he can hold on to the ball and just escape pressure and then just dribble out of it a bit. It doesn't and, work sometimes. And then be done. But yeah, but then against us, he's like, Oh fuck, what the fuck? They're still on me. Yeah. <laughs> usually they stop by now. Our tour is also very solid in that respect as well. Um, so hopefully, you know, maybe we can, uh, knowing Nagby and Artur and Porter, they've been around the league for a while. They'll probably know what to expect playing us, but if we can, uh, clown on those guys, that'd be a very good sign of how we're doing. And I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we will, uh, and fuck it. Let's see Lucinius from the start on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he's had a full week of training, then he's probably going to be fine, right? He's been, like, working out and stuff this time. Well, I think we'll see him, but I think Struber is going to just take his time easing him into the starting 11. I mean, that's what I presume why Edwards was the first one to come off uh, on, on yesterday was because, you know, he's coming back from injury. So, you know, playing him for 90 minutes and below freezing temperatures is probably not the best idea. Let's Let's get a clean sheet, you know? Let's yeah. get a clean sheet. Just keep it keep it real tight. Leave leave the field nice and tidy. Yep. Be provocative <laughs> and be organized. Really, that really is sort of the red bull, you know. <laughs> Ethos. Be provocative. Okay. Be organized. What? <laughs> this is how you get rid of the pools of blood in your stomach, Gerhard. Think about it. Any other final notes? Um, not for this game, because you know, I don't want this to be in the situation for this, but I would like Aaron Long to score on one of these marauding runs. Like, he definitely almost had it this week. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Lucio. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I got excited when that happened, but also, like, I saw before he shot, I was like, oh, that's Aaron Long. So I feel like it sort of tempered my, like, when expectations. It got, when it got saved, I was like, yeah, I mean, okay. I was surprised when he was making that run. So, you know, like, it caught me off guard to be like, oh, is that, is that Aaron Long in the box? Which was like, yeah, that's a good run. You know? Yeah. If I'm yeah. not expecting it, then, like, you know. Caleb Porter certainly hasn't. Exactly. That's so true. All right, and with that, see you next week. It's Alex!